This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so glad you could be with us today. And we're so excited that you follow Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis. And my co-host is my sweet service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're so excited to welcome back to the show, Debbie Garcia Bingochea. And if you remember, she's the education director with Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses. And we're so happy that Debbie's going to be back with us to talk about the work that they're doing and some other animals that are part of their program that we're going to be talking about today. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Debbie to the show. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so happy to welcome Debbie Garcia Bicochea back to the show. Hey, Debbie, and welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, we're so excited because the last time you were here, we had so much to talk about, about your wonderful miniature therapy horses, um, that we just had to have you back and soon so we could continue our conversation. So as we get started today, remind our listeners, Debbie, about the mission of Gentle Carousel. What do you guys do? Well, Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses, it's an all-volunteer charity. This is our 20th year. And the horses travel all around the country, but they work inside children's hospitals with families who've had tragic events or challenging events, whether it's a a natural event like weather, hurricanes or tornadoes, or whether there's been a challenge that's man-made. The horses were at Sandy Hook after the tragedy there or in Charleston. They worked with uh, the survivors of the Pulse nightclub. And then they work in places like uh, in Oklahoma when the children were trapped in schools by the tornado there in Moore, Oklahoma. So they do a lot of different work for such little guys. They do big jobs. So that's basically what the horses do. Wow. It's just so wonderful. And I have to ask you, Debbie, so we talked about this, but I, I really would like for us to just revisit it a little bit about you mentioned some of those major incidents that have happened in the United States that you guys responded to. And just tell us, so I remember you telling me that you guys were invited into these communities, but I'd like for you just to talk a little bit about Have 
you guys had any trauma training? How do you feel like you guys are prepared to go into these communities after these types of mass incidents? Well, you're right. We only go if we're invited by the community. And the horses, you know, there's a plan for them of what the community wants the horses to do. So I was a school principal. I've had some training in that area. But really, the experts come in and work with us hand-in-hand, whoever's working in that particular community. But the horses are really a way of responding and bringing some love to the children or to the adults who've experienced a tragedy. Often, when we are with someone, we don't do the talking. It's amazing what people will share just with the horses, often for the first time, talking about what they saw, how they feel. We work in police stations, so a lot of work with first responders who've experienced traumatic events too, or in like after the Pulse nightclub, we worked with the medical examiner's office to encourage, you know, people that you don't necessarily think about after there's been a tragedy. So we were down there initially working with families in Orlando and and uh, some medical staff, and then we were called back in because uh, Orange County called us and said, the uh, the medical examiner said, all we got was the governor and all we wanted was the ponies. <laughs> so we went in and surprised them and... So, you know, each situation is different and what the need is is different. So we really have to go with what that organization or group or town wants us to do for the families that are there. Well, I so appreciate you saying that because I know so many people have the best intentions in mind when there's these types of tragic situations, but it's so important, like you said, that you're invited, you're working with a specific group, and and you guys don't just show up, which is so great of how mindful you are and respectful, like you said, because a lot of times it is best just to say nothing, but to let the little minis work their magic, which they certainly do really easily. So that's so great. Well, and remind us, Debbie, of how many horses you guys have, little miniature horses, and where you get them from. Well, there are 19 therapy horses in our program in the United States, and they work with about 25,000 patients a year across the country. And then we also have a team in Europe in near Athens, Greece, and there are 11 horses there. And they work primarily with children in orphanages. They worked in Syrian refugee camps, so they trained here and flew there. And we kind of go back and forth and Skype and watch and help. And, and I think since we last talked, the horses that were in Greece were actually near the, the big fire that happened yes. in, in Greece. And the horses were amazing because they were in the community that was lost in the fire and had just a few minutes to be able to escape. And because of their training and being able to handle all kinds of things that most horses wouldn't be able to, they loaded them in minivans to try to escape, but then the road was blocked. And there was so much fire, and almost 100 people were lost, uh, children and, and adults, including the orphanage where the horses have worked for years. But they were able to unload and weave through the fire and make it to the sea. And they handled all of that. And so the handlers and the horses all um, made it, even through such an incredible tragedy, and waited by the sea for the fires to go out. So, you know, being as calm as they were really saved their lives. 
So that's the two groups of horses and the work work that they do in the United States and then over in Europe. And do you breed them yourself, Debbie? Most of them now have have been born with us. You know, initially we purchased horses, but we really found that being able to start their training at a really Mm -hmm. young age by young, you know, I mean, generally it takes a very special horse to be happy and safe doing the kind of work that they do. In the best of circumstances, it is an unusual horse that can handle being in the middle of a city, you know, going up and down elevators and high-rise buildings and working with people and, you know, and enjoying it and enjoying the attention. And so there's a lot of training that goes into the horses. They go through a two-year basic training program, and they're always working. But you could do all of that, and if you don't have the right horse that really enjoys that kind of attention and who is completely safe in an environment like intensive care in a hospital, then, you know, it's not going to work. So they go through, you know, they go through an intensive training program and even then it's a challenge, but we start them when they're foals, like the day they're born. And because their moms trust us so much, they are able to, you know, be handled, to be around things like wheelchairs and sights and sounds. And then they actually visit the hospitals when they're babies with their mom. So it makes a a big difference to get used to all the sights and sounds of a hospital at an early age. Yeah, I just love that. And I totally get that because that's really the same way it is for service dogs. And it it really is if, if they've got to have that personality that, like you said, that really enjoys being in those stressful environments. And I'm just amazed with Lovey because she was bred for the program. And and I get why they do that because she is not at all intimidated or nervous or shaken at all. And I really accredit a lot of that to her breeding and to what she was exposed to, just like you said, from birth, um, which is just so important for these guys who are doing these really intense jobs. And we found too, and I think we talked about it a little bit before, but it kind of goes along with the the dogs that we work with, even though the horses are doing very unusual things and they're found in very unusual places, it's very, very important to us that, you know, we keep in mind that they're horses in every way and we want them to live a natural life. They live with a lifelong herd that is their family, their forever family. So when they come back from working, you know, in a high-rise building or working in a city, they are with horses being horses. They're outside. They have a herd. They're moving. You know, we're just very aware that they are horses in every way. And we'll have people come up when they see them and go, oh, it's like a therapy dog. But a horse is not like a dog at all. The way that they think, the way the things that make them happy in their life are completely different. And one thing that we know is they need a lot of space to run. Horses are really designed to move continually. And in the wild, horses walk as much as 20 miles a day in open spaces. And they move and they eat small amounts of food all day long, up to 20 hours a day. And they live with multiple horses for safety and security, but just to feel good and to feel safe. And horses are one of the most social of creatures. And that socialization is just critical 
to their well-being and their happiness. And so we try to keep all of that in mind. And it's the reason that we have livestock guardian dogs working with them and living with them because it allows them to safely be horses and to safely be out over acres of land like they really need to do just to be happy and healthy. Yeah. And how many acres do you have them on, Debbie? They are on 15 acres that is loops up around a property and all the way back on down on the other side. And then we specifically put their food, their water, their minerals, everything out in all different locations on the property so that they are constantly moving, going from place to place to get the food that they want, to get the water, to get everything that they need because we want to keep them healthy and we want to keep them moving. And they also just run and play and just need a lot of space. And we will hear people will say, well, I want to get, you know, a therapy horse or I want to, you know, have one. Can I just keep it in my house? Mm-hmm. Or can I just keep it in my small backyard? And you could, but it would be very, very sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and our goal is that these animals are doing amazing things for, for humans. And we want to make sure that we keep that in mind and give them a wonderful life. We don't want to take something away from them so that we can get what we want. Right. We want to be able to do both. And unlike a dog who is really happy just being with a person, you know, mm-hmm. loves that, horses really, really are happy being with other horses and mm-hmm. herd animals. And so their thinking is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you saying that and making that differentiation. And and because people are seeing them more on TV, more out in public, you know, that people are thinking, oh, hey, I would like one of those. But I, I really hear what you're saying, that they are herd animals and they need that. And I just want to ask you, too. So how much time do you usually give them in between when they're going out and working and then when they have that downtime with their herd? What is a good time frame that you like to work with? Our goal is that they work, unless they're actually traveling to a situation, the horses rotate and they work no more than two days a week. So mm-hmm. they have five days a week that they can just be horses. Yeah. In the past, you're relaxing, running and playing and just being horses. Mm-hmm. So I could get into that. For them. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's <laughs> a good game. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds like a really great work schedule. That sounds awesome. Well, I know that you just alluded to what else we want to talk about today, and we are just going to take a really quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the other animals that you mentioned that are really important to the herd. So come right back. DGP is an all-natural formula proven to help aging pets with joint and mobility problems. It goes to work quickly, providing vital nutrients to the joints while reversing the effects of age. Some people see results in as little as seven days. Don't let your dog struggle another day. Call 800-521-0543 or visit dgpforpets.com and enter the code WORK, W-O-R-K, for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Debbie Garcia Bengochea, the Education Director with Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses. And Debbie, you were giving us such great insights into what it's really like for these little miniature horses to do their job and, and what they need. And you mentioned before the break that there's another animal on your property that really contributes to their success. Tell us more about that and who is that? Well, we have a team of livestock guardian dogs. They're Marema sheep dogs and they actually live with the therapy horses. In some cases, they're bigger than the therapy horses, but they are an amazing breed of dog that really bonds with other animals. So we initially, Vigil and Gardenia, our first two uh, Marama sheep dogs, were working with the horses and living with the horses, and they are a 2,000-year-old breed, roughly, from Italy, who were used to being very independently out guarding sheep. And now they're starting to use them for other kinds of animals, including overlooking penguins down in Australia. They they use this particular breed of dog to protect them from foxes. In South Africa, they're using them to protect the livestock from cheetahs, which we don't want anyone to hurt either. And they found that the farms that are being tested with these this particular breed of dog, that 91% of them or something like that, do not have any losses of livestock. And it still allows the cheetahs to be on the territory where they need to be. So we've started using them with the therapy horses and really bonded the dogs since they were puppies with the horses. So at this point, the dogs consider themselves part of the herd and the horses consider the dogs part of the herd. So they stay together, they live together, but they also completely protect the horses in every way from any kind of a predator that might come onto the property. So, you know, our goal is that they would never have to do that. We're very careful. We have high fences that are wire and wood. We've buried barbed wire underneath the entire perimeter of the farm so animals can't dig under, especially dogs that may not have responsible owners. But we also have issues with coyotes, and coyotes are super smart, and they can jump over, you know, a six- or seven-foot fence easily. So having the dogs living with the horses and protecting the horses allows the horses to have that, you know, that freedom that they really need and still be protective from any predators that might come along. So these dogs have been life-changing on our farm as far as how safe the horses are. Wow. Well, I know when you were talking, I was wondering if it was coyotes that you were mostly worried about with you guys being in Florida or if there were any other, you know, there used to be panthers in Florida, um, but I didn't know. That is an issue, too. Yeah, yeah. So definitely have some wildlife that, as you said, being respectful of them, um, it sounds like these dogs are amazing. And do you just have the two or how many do you have now? Uh, We actually have six of them. We started with two, and we had tracking collars on them and just realized how many miles they were putting in to be with the horses. And so we added, and you know, and it is a training process. They have amazing instinct, 
and they are very, very independent dogs. They don't consider themselves our pets. They are they're partners <laughs> with what we do, and they really think for themselves. But we brought in other Maremma puppies, and the older dogs have been amazing training them and helping us train them because when we brought Vigil and Gardenia in, it was a lot of work. They have all of the instinct, but we needed to make sure that they were safe around the horses, the horses were safe around them, everything blended the way that it needed to. So the first time with the dogs, it was really like a science project (laughs) to see whether this would really be a situation that would work. Then when we brought the next group in to really help Vigil and Gardenia, because what happens now is some dogs are resting while the others are moving with the horses. If there's an alarm, if they see something, several of the dogs will stay with the herd and the others go to the perimeter of the property to give warning that, you know, whether it's coyotes or anything else, they need to keep moving (laughs) and go somewhere else. So they really work together. But this time, the older dogs, if the puppies got too playful around the the horses, they would just put an end to it immediately. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) this is not what we do. And they they do an amazing job now, but they really have worked together as a team. And generally speaking, they sort of see the herd as a whole, and they're part of it. But there are some horses and some dogs that are particularly close with each other on a one-to-one basis. So each horse has sort of developed their own relationship with the dogs, and, you know, vice versa. You know, the the dogs have really... Some of them really zero in on certain horses that they're particularly attached to, but they look out for the whole herd as well. Oh, I love that. Well, describe for us what these dogs look like. Give us some more detail about that. Well, they look like big, loving, giant, white golden retrievers. (laughs) They are, and they are, you know, very sweet with who they know and not with who they don't know, whether it's a person that shouldn't be on the property or an animal that shouldn't be on the property. They're beautiful dogs. They sort of look like a lot of the old world breeds that were kind of evolved at the same time, like a Great Pyrenees. So Mm -hmm. that kind of a look. You know, and they kind of range between maybe 80 and 100 pounds. So they don't want to be so big and heavy that they can't really move fast. Mm -hmm. Because when one of them gives the alarm, you just see them flying from wherever they are on the property. They, they, and then they'll stand shoulder to shoulder together, you know, against whatever threat that they perceive. So they need to be fast. They're supposed to be white or a cream color. But I will say that we have one who I'm not sure what happened, but he looks like everyone else, but he wound up with spots. And his name is uh, Sirius, and he was born with a litter of nine all-white siblings and white parents and white grandparents. But it turns out that he was... uh, he was on our farm first, and then we had a foal born this past year named Mercury who spotted and looks just like him, and they became best friends. Oh. And so they are, uh, I think we sent you some photos of Mercury and Sirius <laughs> together, but I think because, number one, Mercury's mom feels very safe around the dogs, she allowed Mercury to be around this puppy. 
and didn't think anything of it. And the puppy and Mercury have just hit it off, and they started sleeping together in the hay and playing together. And and, uh, they are, I don't know whether they both think they're dogs or (laughs) they both think they're horses, but they have this amazing relationship, but they also look alike, which was just a complete accident of nature. So, but generally they're supposed to be a white or cream colored dog, except mm. for Sirius, who's one of a kind. <laughs> He's an original. Whatever that's right. He is. He's one yeah. of a kind. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, that's what I was imagining with something like a Great Pyrenees when you were talking. But boy, I'm such a huge fan of golden retrievers. So anything that, that resembles a golden retriever, count me <laughs> in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I bet they're beautiful. And I, I bet they're a real force to be reckoned with. If they're standing shoulder to shoulder, wow, I bet they have some kind of presence. They really do. And like I said, our goal is that they would never in their whole lives have to protect anything physically. Mm-hmm. They put out an alarm You know, I mean, I think with this particular breed of dog, they've been doing great things all over the world in different kinds of settings, but the goal is that they don't fight, that they, you know, their presence is enough to keep, whether it's coyotes or other animals, just moving along. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with Mercury and Sirius, they sort of started developing a different new job because they stay together all the time. Sirius wasn't as interested in being out with the herd as he is about being with his buddy. So we have started taking them to schools together and really talking to kids. And there's even, you know, we put together a little book for them. But it's about just because we're different doesn't mean we can't be friends. You just need to care about each other. And it's a good lesson for kids and adults, you know, that, yes, we may be different. This is a dog. It's a horse. But they care about each other. They play in swimming pools together. They sleep in the hay together. They run (laughs) and play together. And so it's a good lesson. So they kind of developed a job that we really were not expecting, which, you know, you know, we're not anti-anything, so anti-bullying we're not as interested in is the idea of pro-kindness, which is yeah. what they've really been teaching in school. So little Sirius the Maremma, has, who's now a big Maremma and bigger than his buddy Mercury the horse, he has, <laughs> he has his own job now that we weren't expecting, but he does a great job with it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that is what a great lesson for everyone and so true. Sounds so simple, but boy, it's very profound. That's wonderful. Well, and so tell us what else, what do you guys have coming up for this year? Is there anything on the horizon that you're really excited about? Oh, gosh, we are are filling in all kinds of things in our schedule this year. We finished through December, and December is always an extra busy month. I mean, the horses were on stage. So, I mean, anytime you can get a horse to come out on stage with, you know, a full orchestra and six choirs and snow falling down and a full audience and handle (laughs) all of that, they did great for a program for children who had cancer and and, uh, they worked in homeless shelters with families who were in homeless shelters for the holidays and lots of extra things in addition to working in hospice and hospitals. And then uh, actually Mercury and Sirius, we just had a film crew that was here filming them for a show that will be on later on in the year. And uh, the rest of it is just lots of 
lots of hospital visits <laughs> coming yeah. up and getting back into our back into our regular schedule with the horses. So well, they you, they stay busy all the time. Can you give us a little hint about the TV show that's going to be coming out? I can't yet. <laughs> oh, Debbie. <laughs> Yes, except that they were very good, and it was a lot of fun and really different to have them fly down here and and follow Mercury and Sirius around. I bet work they're doing. So so that was a lot of fun to be able to do. And and then in addition to that, I think just having the horses. I mean, we never know how the year is going to go and what kind of things are going to come up and what what kind of places that they are being called into. And we are very close to, we've been working very hard, I will just put this in, to raise money for a special custom minivan for the horses, too, to make traveling so much easier in places where there's natural disasters so we're not pulling a horse trailer and truck, which... Often, even in front of hospitals, you wind up having to park in the middle of the road and have police directing and to, just to get the horses into a hospital. And yeah. so this van will be able to pull right into a parking spot, which will be life-changing <laughs> for wow. us. Wow, wow. So is that's, it just, that's something is it just we're working a mini, on. Is it a regular minivan that's just fitted? It, it's called a horse box. So it's bigger, but it still fits into a regular parking space, and it will be custom. It's they custom make them. So this will be specifically for the safety of the, the horses and their comfort when they're traveling. So it will be designed inside with stalls for the horses and a place for all their supplies and everything. And so, yeah, it'll, it'll make things much easier to travel and actually much less expensive in the long run as far as gas and things like that as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a goal. Yeah. We're 60% of the way there. And so we've been working on that and, you know, fundraising for that. But that will be more helpful than you can imagine. When we were in Charleston, for instance, and we were going to where the funerals were, the horses had to walk three miles in just Mm. to get to the location Mm. where they were Mm -hmm. just because there wasn't parking. Or when we were, you know, in New York, we had to walk through Times Square <laughs> to get yeah. to a oh, goodness. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. thing, to be able to pull into a parking spot could make a, a huge, huge yeah. difference. Well, and how can our well, listeners, so. if they want to contribute to that, Debbie, how can they do that? You know, if they come on our website, there's a donate link on our website. And if they specifically say they want that to go toward the van, that would be fantastic. And our website is just gentlecarouseltherapyhorses.com. So, you know, if and, and it's also a great place to come and take a look at our individual horses and see what they're up to. And, and then we also post on Facebook, which there's a link on our website. We post every single day, usually twice a day, of what the horses are up to. But also there's some great photos of the Marema Sheepdogs and their work on the farm and things like that. So it's a good place that people can come and just take a look and see what everybody is up to. That's wonderful. Well, and we'll make sure and put your website address also on our website so that our listeners, if they're looking for you and would love to contribute to that, they'll be able to find that link. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Debbie, we can't thank you enough for coming back and visiting with us. We just can't get enough of the work that you're doing and hearing all about the little the little miniature therapy horses and also about these incredible dogs. They are also equally as wonderful. And thank you for sharing those photos with us, which we also will be posting. So thank you so much, Debbie. Oh, great. Well, I really appreciate it. And the dogs have become 
as popular to our followers on Facebook and things as the horses at this point. They have their own fans, which is I which bet. is great. Yes, yes, they all deserve fans. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And you're going to have to come back again and tell us about the show when it comes out. So We would love yeah. to do that. Yes, it'll be fun. And I'm sure by then there'll be lots of other activities yes. that the horses have been up to. So we would love to come back. Thank okay. you so much. We're going to hold you to that, Debbie. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love that you join us, and we love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming, and you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And as always, I invite you to follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love seeing your photos of your working dogs and working animals. So please keep those coming and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.